The first piece of the 2023 Duke football season has officially fallen with the schedule release. Welcome to this episode, off-season episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kennedy, and I'm alongside, as always, Josh Cox, Scott Bedlin, Jamie Holt, and producer Justin Sykes. And as we are coming on and recording, the ACC, as of 15 minutes before recording, just released the full ACC schedule for the 2023 season. But before we break things down and discuss things Duke football, we got to catch up. It's been a little bit over a month since we last came on discussing Duke's bowl victory at the Military Bowl against UCF. So let's bring everyone on. Fellas, like I said, it's been a month. What have, what have we been doing in our off time? Folks have been wondering. Folks have been asking when we're going to have an, another episode. Here you go, folks. Just, uh, yeah, let's play catch up really quick before we discuss all things Duke's schedule. Well, I'll let Jamie talk about the steak uh, dinner that we had. I'll, I'll <laughs> save that for him. Um, you know, we, we admit on this podcast that our week, our week part uh, zone is recruiting, but man, I've been following, uh, the, especially the 2024 class, these juniors that have been coming in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, here we sit at number 13, I believe in the nation right now, um, according to 24 seven sports with five committed players in the 2024 class. We understand how that goes. Those are not guarantees. Um, but man, uh, kudos once again to this coaching staff. And then, you know, once again, just paying attention as Rob Smith um, took off and, and, uh, and heading back uh, there to Minnesota to be with family. And then obviously the hire of uh, Tyler Santucci. And so looking forward to seeing how the defense just continues to get better. And obviously Santucci is a guy who's been with Elko at multiple stops. I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last three, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and uh, and A&M. At least I know Wake Forest and A&M. Maybe that year at Notre Dame. So, anyway, that's what I've been doing, man, just trying to get ready for uh, spring practice coming up. Jamie uh, Jamie got his free stake, so I'm going to let him uh, give a little little play-by-play on that one. Yeah, and that was a – what was that, a $55 stake? Hush. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But, hey, we went to the peddler. Uh, which is much better than the, the trash down the road at the Angus Barn. Uh, if anybody's listening that likes the Angus Barn. Well, there goes the Angus Barn wrong, sponsorship. Man. Thanks, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> you're wrong. The Angus Barn is, is overrated, and they're known for their Christmas lights, which is all nice and everything, but the peddler has the best state. So. <laughs> That's actually a great line. They're known for their Christmas lights. <laughs> in, rea- in reality, they do have some great ribs, but – I digress. That steak was outstanding. And we, we talked, you know, we talked to football while we were there, of course, talked about the podcast, what we we're going to do this year. And we're excited to get into the season. And like Josh, I was, I was disappointed to lose Rob Smith as the defensive coordinator, but we kind of could see it coming. Uh, his family never even moved to Durham. And I don't blame him for wanting to be back near his family. That probably was a kind of a rough year for him being away from his family the whole the whole time. Uh, but we really appreciate what he put into the Duke program and and really took our defense to another level. But we trust Coach Elko. We know that when it when push comes to shove, that's his defense. And it's his handprints are all over that defense. 
So I'm not really worried about that. So, and I've been, of course, at the beach, you know. Insert breaking news. <laughs> Scott, what you got, man? Scott's, by the way, Scott's on the road, so he may be a little sounding a little different. But uh, go ahead. If, from- I, if I go in and out, I apologize. Uh, I'm, on the, I'm on a road trip right now on the way to Hammond, Indiana, where it is negative two degrees. So southern boys like us are not supposed to be up here. But we're on our way to a basketball tournament here for Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, basketball schedule at the school, keep me busy, been on the road, been doing a lot of games. So able to get out and eat and stay with the boys, enjoyed that. But uh, looking forward to spring football now. Now that we know a schedule, so excited. So looking forward to this 2023 season and the W's that we're going to put on the board some of these boys that need to take a whooping or two. All right, Brian. Well, how about you, man? What you what have you been doing these last few weeks? Well, I got to go on a cruise right after Christmas, which was great, and then proceeded to get sick for three weeks. <laughs> so I'm I'm on the men now, but now the wife and the oldest are going through what I went through. So hopefully they will recover. Um it's hopefully faster than I did because those three weeks were horrible. But what a better way than to get better and see that the ACC schedule has been released. So what better way to segue into us discussing the Duke football 2023 football schedule? And we'll we'll break this down for you folks. We won't go from games one to 12. We'll break them up in games of four. So we'll go through games one through four, give our thoughts. Then games five through eight, give our thoughts. And then finally games nine through 12. And then we will close up shop. But I think this is the biggest season opener in Duke football history. We'll go ahead and start September 4th, Monday night, Labor Day, against the Clemson Tigers. And it's the first meeting for the Devils and Tigers since 2018. Fellas, we have not won a game against Clemson since 2004. So after that, we stay at home and play one double-A opponent, Lafayette, the Leopards of Lafayette. And it's the first ever time we've played Lafayette on the gridiron. After that, our third straight home game against what has seemed to become a a known foe, and that's out of the Big Ten, the Northwestern Wildcats. It is the third straight meeting between Duke and Northwestern. And I just found this out while I was researching. Fellas, we've played Northwestern six of the last eight seasons. We didn't play them in 19 and 20, and we'll be playing them next year, FYI. And then finally, to end the, the four-game home stretch, or four, first four games, tongue twister there, we go up to fight or play the Fighting Jim Morris and the UConn Huskies. So third ever meeting between Duke and UConn, and Duke has never defeated Connecticut in football. So I know I just threw a lot out at you guys, but your initial thoughts with the first four games of the season for Duke football. Jamie? So first off, Clemson on Labor Day, that's, that's amazing. Like, that's going to be a huge game and Duke fans please please I beg of you come out or else Clemson will turn Wallace Wade orange like they absolutely travel because we're old we're all have been around long enough to remember Clemson coming to town and this was pre-Dabo uh you know that they used to they would travel really well so you need to come out you need to get in the seats but I had a question about the 2004 game Brian was that the infamous like what was it like it was like three to nothing or like six to three. It was something like 16, really 13 was the final game. 16, was 13. the final score. Yeah. It was a, it was a field goal I battle. 
I couldn't remember. Like, I knew it was like a field goal battle, and it was just like a. I was I was at the mm-hmm. game, and um, Clemson, a Clemson fan had said something about basketball, and I was like, you know, just scoreboard. Like, you just got beat by a team that is. And Duke only won two games that season, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we were not very good. But Clemson wasn't either at that time. Not really. Not what they are now. Uh, yeah, this this first first few weeks, I mean, you got to come out of there with at least three wins. Because, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. And I said this before we got on. I'm not gonna say we're gonna lose to Clemson because I I I believe that this team can win, and they will compete. I have no doubt they will compete. Uh, two years ago, I would have thought, you know, we'd have got beat by 50 points. But now under Coach Elko, we can compete, we can win. Uh, but if you don't win, if you if Clemson does win the game, you got to beat Lafayette, you got to beat Northwestern, you need to win at UConn. That's just pretty pretty straightforward there for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll jump in here. The uh, the Clemson the Clemson opening game number one to open at home against a team like Clemson in, in your conference. Um, I mean, honestly, I think it's a good thing to catch a team that's probably got more uh, raw talent than you. I think it's a good thing to catch them on week one. So I think that's an advantage for Duke. Um, you know, secondly, uh, for the fan base and for, you know, the fact that Labor Day weekend, you know, there's a potential that they could have to add additional seating to Wallace Wade. I think that's, that's incredible. I love the fact that it's on Monday because if it was on Thursday or Friday, we'd have issues with tailgating on Monday. We'll be tailgating all day long. Um, so that I just, I'm looking forward to, to Duke fans. I mean, if you can't get pumped up for an opening uh, week matchup with Clemson at Wallace Wade, then I don't know what's going to get you pumped up. So that's great. And I agree with Jamie on the others. Uh, we have to come out of that three and one and not to add to the next, the next game, but if you group, the fifth game in before the bye week, at the very least, we have to come out of there three and two. And so, yeah, I, I agree with, with Jamie on all those. I would say this, you know, um, just for the record, we, the research was done, and we've been calling this Clemson game for, what, a month now or more? So, yep. great call there by the group. Brian, everybody, to work hard looking at it. But, yeah, we've got to beat Clemson. Uh, really good opportunity. I mean, I'm not sure Club Nick would be ready 100% in the system like Gary uh, Riley ran it at TCU. But it's better to get them now than to wait until the week 11. We don't have it down pat by then. Um, secondly, if you knew Lafayette were the Leopards, you win the prize. Because I don't think very few people knew that. Uh, Northwestern, UConn, again, games that we should win, games that we should win. So looking forward to that. Um, so, man, 4 0 would be perfect. 3 and 1 has to happen. And we should, honestly, we're talking about getting teams that 4 and 7 last year for Lafayette, 1 and 11 for Northwestern. UConn was six and seven in the mid ball game, but these are teams we have to beat if we want to be. Might be having a little uh, technical difficulties. I don't know if Scott was still talking or muted himself. But yeah, 
I'm I'm not going to echo what all the the guys said. I will bring you guys as always some stats when it comes to home openers, fellas. This is the third straight season Duke has opened the season at Wallace Wade Stadium. Here's an interesting tidbit for you diehard Duke football fans. The last time Duke opened the season with five home games in its first six games, back in 2013, if y'all remember, we went to a certain bowl game with the Lord's Chicken. We went 10-4, and should have won that game against Johnny Football. And for the first time since 2017, Duke opens the season with three straight home games. But with that... We will move on to games five through eight, and I think I speak for the whole group when I say this is going to be the toughest stretch for Duke during the season. And they start out with another home game against Notre Dame, September 30th. It will be the first meeting between Duke and Notre Dame since 2020. Duke last won against Notre Dame in 2016, and Notre Dame leads the series four to two. After Notre Dame, we get a much-needed bye week on October 7th. No game. The team rests to get geared up for an old rivalry renewed October 14th against the North Carolina State Wolfpack at home. It will be the 84th all-time meeting between Duke and State. And, fellas, here's an interesting tidbit I found that I was shocked by. Before we went to this new 3-5-5 format this year, Duke and State only played five times in the last 20 years. That is a disgrace, but now with the new 3-5-5 format, that changes everything. We'll be playing state every year from here on out. After state, we have two pivotal away games. The first against Florida State, October 21st, the 20th meeting all-time between the Blue Devils and the Seminoles. And this is another team Duke has never defeated in football. And boy, what a statement that would be to get Duke's first win against Florida State on the 21st. And then the eighth game of the season, we head to Louisville, October 28th, the fourth meeting all time. No one wants to remember the last time we played Louisville at home. That was a, oh, it was a slobber knocker, Louisville 62 to 22. And another team Duke has never defeated on the gridiron. So a chance to beat two teams back to back that we've never defeated before. But fellas, as always, your thoughts on the second part, games five through eight of the season. Look, uh, I think this is a good time. This is a good time, real quick, to highlight the fact that Duke will be playing um, some teams with some new quarterbacks, which I think is always important. I know this is a difficult schedule, right? Duke fans are seeing this, and especially the stretch, Brian, as you mentioned, is very is a very difficult stretch. But if you if you count Cade Klubnick as a new starter, which DJU started the majority of the games at Clemson last year. If you count Klubnik as a new starter, six out of the eight ACC teams that we're playing are going to have new starting quarterbacks. Um, and so I think that is something that, that we, we that can play to our advantage. Obviously, we return uh, one of the best in Riley Leonard. Um, and so, you know, Notre Dame, if you want to count them, that's another team with a new starting quarterback. It's yet to, to be known if Sam Hartman can throw the football and lead a team in a normal pro-style offense. He's been in that mesh gimmick offense uh, for the last however many years he was in college. And so that'll be interesting. Obviously, Brennan Armstrong showing up at, in Raleigh. The question to me is, is will they tailor the offense around Brennan Armstrong or will they make him adjust to their, their already set scheme? And I think that that's going to be interesting to see how that lands. And then obviously Jordan Travis, man, that's going to be a, 
a crazy one down in uh, down in, in Tallahassee, and then Louisville, new coaching staff, new quarterback. <clears throat> Who knows what we're going to get there? You never know. You could have a first year like Mike Elko had here in Durham, or you could have a first year like Tony Elliott had uh, in Charlottesville. So just throwing a little shade there. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm really looking forward to uh, honestly the Notre Dame game because a couple of years ago when they came into Wallace Wade, I I did not get to go to the game, so. I'm looking forward to seeing them as a team that I've kind of always wanted to see and I have not seen. Um, and another another thing for Duke fans, any new any newer Duke fans that have not seen NC State come to Raleigh, their fans will be there and they will travel. So we got to show up to the games. We got to support our team or else Wallace Wade, once again, will be a sea of red. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. And these Duke State games in the past – even when Duke was really, really bad, they have always been just like great, great games and fun games. And I'm glad to have them back on the schedule to kind of renew the the football side of the rivalry. At Florida State, at Duke Campbell, is always going to be going to be a tough game. Uh, Jordan, like Josh mentioned, Jordan Travis, one of the best. Jordan Travis versus Riley Leonard in that game. Riley the the goat Leonard, or Riley the as we come to know him, the, the, the prize champion horse, Raleigh, Raleigh Leonard. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that should be a fun, fun atmosphere, fun game. And then at Louisville, I mean, these, these games are – those are games you got to win. you got to beat State. you got to beat Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame, to me, I have no idea what to expect. I don't have any idea what to expect out of Sam Hartman up there. Like Josh said, he was in, he's been running a gimmick offense for, for years now, but he's wanting to prove that he's he's got what it takes to go go into the pros. And we'll see. Can he? We don't know. Brennan Armstrong, we don't we don't know how he's gonna mix with NC State. But those are games, as I've said in the past, if you want to be a good team, if you want, if Duke wants to be an eight, eight, nine, even ten win team, you gotta beat, you gotta beat those teams. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing Notre Dame live and in person again. Enjoyed the app a couple years ago when they were here, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it, must, I, it could be a must-win game, but definitely one we want to do well in and pack out the house. Um, NC State, honestly, uh, Brandon Armstrong last year and Tony Elliott's offense was a So... Robert and I, that's who his office coordinator was when he was had so much success in Virginia two years ago. I'm now over at NC State. And Hubbard's a little bit bare as far as I'm concerned there, but we're talking, what, week nine by then? So NC State will have had a chance to be better, get better, learn the system. And State's always had athletes over there. And it's always, like, like Jamie said, Josh said, it's always a fun game. It's something that should never have happened every six years. So we believe Johnny's hairpiece swapped for that. Uh, looking forward to Florida State and getting a chance to play them, knowing that they're probably the second best team, maybe the best team, depending on how the season goes with Travis. And then going to Louisville. So like Jamie said, we're going to take our thoroughbred up there to Churchill Downs, right on the other side of the railroad tracks, where they have a big race. And honestly, we owe them. We owe them for what that – Cunningham and those guys did on that Thursday night a couple of years ago. And I mean, it's a great opportunity. Last time Duke played up there, they played really well. 
had an opportunity to win, but did not on a Friday night game. So, you know, come out of this two and two, I think that would be a great opportunity. Um, three and one would be excellent, obviously. But two and two, I think that's a good goal to set. And if we, you know, come out of the first five weeks, five and oh, we get that bye week, that would be even better. And these are the games that Coach Elko has talked about before. If if Duke can win some of these pivotal games, your Florida State, your Notre Dames, that's going to put Duke football even further on the map as with what happened last year in 2022. All right, let's move into the last part of the 2023 season. And we've got a couple of old foes to go up against in the month of November. And we start game nine. On a Thursday night, fellas, I, I can't think of a, the last time Duke played on a Thursday night, if ever. Have we ever played on a Thursday night against a school, non-conference or ACC? Yeah, we played um, Carolina on a Thursday night, right? We played, uh, we played Miami. Did we play Miami on a Thursday or was that a Friday? That was a Friday. That was a Friday. I'm pretty sure. where they destroyed us. That's right. Yeah, that was a Thursday right. night. How quickly we forget those things. So, yeah, yeah November 2nd against Wake Forest, who has – pretty much been our season finale opponent in seven of the last seasons. So that was quite a surprise to all of us to see. But a key Thursday night matchup, November 2nd, it is the 103rd matchup all time. So one of the oldest games Duke has played as far as opponents go. And then November 11th, Veterans Day, battle for the victory bell in Keenan Stadium, the 105th all-time matchup against Chapel Hill Community College, as our own Scott Medlin would say. And, fellas, Duke and UNC have played for 101 consecutive years since 1922. So the rivalry rivalry <laughs> will continue, and we'd love to break that four-game winning streak that UNC currently has. We should have last year, but we won't talk about that. Then, November 18th, we travel up to Charlottesville against the Virginia Cavaliers, the 75th matchup all-time against Duke and Virginia. And Duke and Virginia have played each other for 60 straight years since 1963. And last year, fellas, we all remember it, Duke won for the first time against Virginia for the first time since 2014 after the pregame march the Cavaliers had on the Blue Devils. I think the team was a little uh, frustrated by that. And then we end the season for the first time ever, November 25th against the Pitt Panthers. And this is a game I think all Duke fans want a lot. Pitts on a seven-game winning streak against the Blue Devils. Duke's last win was in 2014. So we stay really close to home these last four games. And, man, fellas, what a way to end the season. Home against Wake, eight miles down the road against UNC, up to Charlottesville for a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive, and then end it Thanksgiving weekend at home against the Pitt Panthers. Hey, I'm going to take this real fast if we can. Uh, you know, Wake Forest – opportunity to play them on a Thursday night. That'll be fun, especially when we get later in the year. Go over to Chapel Hill to the college over there, the veterinary school, whatever it is they do over there. Uh, then go to Virginia. So we're talking back-to-back weeks possibly of traveling, driving up, up and down the roads. And then get pit at home, and we own our doozy. And we get the opportunity to get to Phil Dracovic now, their new quarterback. So, you know, Looking forward to the opportunity. Another opportunity chance, I think, where we can go two and two. Three and one would be perfect. Four and oh would be excellent. But looking forward to the final stretch there in 
at that point, hopefully health is still good because we're looking to try to go to a better bowl game every year at that time of year. Yeah, and you look at um, you look at what winning does for you, right? The powers of uh, powers that be that make the schedule gave us a little bit of respect. We got a Monday night game where we're the the prime matchup, the only the only matchup that night, I believe, probably on Labor Day, um, and then a Thursday night matchup where we're the prime matchup, Duke and Wake Forest, and who knows from there? You know, Notre Dame is it, it could be a prime time game too because it's Notre Dame, but for for the schedule makers to give us two big time games like that that shows you i mean winning winning helps i mean duke's already a, a name a name brand and people know know the name so winning helps and you'll just get more and more national tv appearances like that if you keep winning uh but like josh mentioned before look we're facing three three teams with new quarterbacks here in the last last month and then you know one team with a one team with Drake, Drake May, who I've never heard of her. Uh, but, you know, and rumor is actually, rumor is, I don't, we didn't discuss this, but the rumor is Mac Brown is sobbing right now in Chapel Hill over, over the schedule. Like that's what, that's what I heard. I mean, he's just kind of, kind of crying into a pillow. Don't get uh, that. Don't get that at all. But oh, that's neither here nor there. Hey, but, he, tossed, well, he, he tossed his pudding cup to the side already. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he's, a, he's upset because he finishes the season playing Duke, which that's probably not what he's mad about, but he finishes Clemson and, and NC State back-to-back. Back, back back. So that's what he's mad about. But, man, like, uh, this new way the schedule works, I mean, Duke's got Notre Dame and Clemson in the first five weeks. Like, we can right. complain about that. You know what I mean? So, who cares? I mean, anyway. when push but when push comes to shove, I, I'll just finish what I was – my thought before I got sidetracked off on Mac Brown crying. Uh those are games. Those are those are games you got to win. Once again, yeah, we you will be remembered for what you do in November. I know a, a former coach used to say that, but that's <laughs> that's uh that's what you're remembered for. Uh, Wake Forest at UNC at Virginia Pittsburgh. I don't see any reason why we can't win win all those games. Will it happen? I don't know. We've lost. What did Brian say? Seven in a row to Pittsburgh. Yep, we owe we owe them. We we really need to win that game. Virginia's I don't think is very good. I just don't I don't see them being very good. I feel like, but anytime you go up to Charlottesville, that's going to be a tough game. And then you got Wake Forest and at UNC. So I feel like you can win win out. I feel like this is a schedule that looks like to me that we can win eight or nine games, but that remains to be seen. We'll have to see when you get into spring practice and get into summer there's inevitably injuries and all that stuff so i think it's going to be interesting the fact that we close the season with a very winnable game uh against virginia and then the final week is like a monkey off your back game right if you're if you're not really mike elko but if you're the duke football program uh something is going to be riding on that final game with pittsburgh right something's going to be riding on it it's going to be either to get to a bowl game if we've struggled or it's going to be, hey, listen, we're sitting at fourth place in the league. We could jump to third place, you know, if we win this game. There's going to be something riding on that last week, more than likely. And it's time for Duke to get that Pittsburgh thing over with. It's time for Narduzzi to take an L from Duke uh, finally. And so, you know, I, I think that's an interesting way to end the season. Obviously, like we said earlier, we've been uh, doing this, uh, playing Wake Forest uh, the last game of the season. 
for so many years now. But you know, Pitt, that's fine with me uh, playing Pitt, and we'll see how that see how that goes. But definitely, Virginia and Pitt is, is a you know looking at the rest of the games. That's an ideal way to close the season out. Yeah, and it's interesting because Virginia was the first ACC school Duke played in 2022, and now they're one of the last. But to, to the guy's point, this is these are four winnable games, games that we, you know, again, no one knows where Duke's going to be heading into the month of November. You know, not a lot of people had us winning, what was it, three games this past year? So I'm going to be very interested to see what the bookmakers are going to say heading into the 2023 season. But one question I want to ask you guys, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Not asking for season predictions or records. We'll do that as we get closer to the season. But one surprise game in your minds that could alter Duke's season. What's one game that could change Duke's season as a whole? Jamie? The first uh, Clemson right off the bat. I'm like – I mean, I know, I know it's cliche, it's the first game, but it's Clemson, it's Davo Sweeney, it's, they have owned the ACC, if we're being, you know, honest, I mean, there's no two ways about it, Clemson is the, the standard bearer of the ACC in football, uh, if somehow Duke can pull off that upset, I feel like that sends us into a reeling off several wins in a row to start the season and probably being well into the top 25. I'm hoping we might be preseason top 25 to start the season, but you never know. But if you beat Clemson, you're jumping in the top 25. Potentially 4-1, and one, maybe 5-0 and oh to enter the bye week. That would be the ideal situation for Duke football heading into that bye week October 7th. Josh, what about you? One game that could alter Duke's season. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I'll, let's say I'll take the pessimistic road, and, that, and I'm not meaning that in a bad way. Um, but I'll take the pessimistic road. If you're coming out of those first five and say you're three and two, you know what I mean? Uh, you get into that, that meat of that ACC schedule. And I'm going to say that NC State game. I think the NC State game is super important. Number one, we're, we're rekindling the rivalry. Um, number two, it's a home game. Uh, number three, that, that very well could be one of those games that we look back on and say, man, you know, I, I, once again, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative here, but, man, that game right there got us into a bowl game. Or that win right there really put us on the path to whatever. I really do feel like that NC State being a part of that middle stretch of games, I think that's a very important game for Duke. That's the one I'm looking at. Scott? I would say I'm, I'm trying not to hedge my bet here, but I'm going to just, I'm just gonna go ahead and say Florida State. Uh, opportunity there. There's, I mean, it, it may be a long shot currently, but there's a chance Duke goes down there six and zero, and arguably Florida State could be the best team in the ACC this season. So you're looking at possibly one versus two at the time if all cards fall correctly. But if you go in there four and two or three and three, you lose. You got to come out of it healthy. If you don't come out of it healthy, then you're playing the last five weeks of the season, and who knows? So that's me. That I think the health doesn't have a lot to do with that, but it also depends on where we're sitting, at, what we're looking like record-wise as we go into it. I want to throw a game out that not a lot of people are going to talk about. I can guarantee you this, but it's one that's been in the back of my mind since I saw that we were scheduled with them: the UConn game up at UConn. 
and it's right before Notre Dame. But secondly, Jim Mora has done an excellent job with that team, took him to a bowl game in his first year. Now you're facing a UConn squad that now has a year under their belt for what Jim Mora wants play-wise, call-wise, everything like that. That could be a trap game. One, because it's the first away game of the season. But two, and, and I'll have to do this and look at this as we get closer, but I think UConn's a very experienced team, still a very experienced team. I don't think they won their bowl game, but still, they proved a lot of naysayers wrong, kind of like Duke did last year. So, fellas, if you can imagine, we're 2-1, and 3-0 and oh, heading into UConn, you, and I know Coach is going to have the team ready, but that is a game that could potentially be a trap game to where would next week we come back home and play Notre Dame. But it'll be interesting to see. I think we're all excited just with the how the layout came to where who knows what our record could be after four games, after six games. To Scott's point, we could go down to Tallahassee 6-0 to play the Seminoles. How crazy would that be? There's so many limitless possibilities, but we wanted to ha- record this episode for you guys just to give our thoughts on the schedule. When, when this episode drops, please give your thoughts on Twitter, on Facebook. But we're looking forward to it. And if you haven't heard or seen the spring game, April 22nd, 2 o'clock, the time has been announced. The date's been announced. Jamie was just looking up, wondering if he was going to be at the beach or not. He's thinking over right now. <laughs> but we're we're going to, as we get closer to spring ball, we're hopefully going to be bringing you some more content. Josh, did I miss anything? Is there anything that that's that's hanging over my head that I missed as we we get ready to close up shop for this episode? Um, I mean, no, not not that I uh, think of just a little teaser here. Uh, we will uh, – the plan is to release another uh, podcast episode here within the next few days. That's all we can say. Uh, but that's the plan. Um, so just be looking out for that. We're going to try to bring you guys a little bit more content uh, in this offseason. And so – and we do want to shout out um, real quick. We'll, we'll leave the new sponsor um, kind of, uh, you know, for, for when the season starts. But we do want to thank Comfort Mechanical Contractors uh, we just found out they're going to be back on board with us again for the 2023 season. So we want to give a shout out to Jamie and the, the whole crew there at Comfort Mechanical Contractors. And so, yeah, that, that's really it. I mean, obviously, follow us on social, give us five star ratings and reviews, share the podcast with somebody. But yeah, man, uh, really good uh, episode. Thinking of the, the schedule, and I don't know if you guys geeked out about it like we did, but we were looking forward to this. And so, thanks for listening tonight for sure. And just to follow up with what Josh was saying, Comfort has moved into our main sponsor for the podcast. So unfortunately, the tell of the tape is sponsorless yet again. But you know what? I'd rather I lose a sponsor, meaning that the sponsor moves up to being the main sponsor. But it's been a great episode talking all things Duke football schedule. As Josh said, be on the lookout. There could be another episode dropping in the next week or so. With who? Well, you'll just have to find out once it drops. But until then, for Josh Cox... Jamie Holt, Scott Medlin, and producer Justin Sykes. I'm Brian Kennedy, and this has been another episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. Now turn the music up!